coming to get you, Barbara. I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise me. Because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Who Shot Ya? It's your boy. I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in the studio today, he is back from traveling the world. He has been around the world and I, yeah, yeah, he can't have his baby. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, El Mero Mero de Navidad, returning from the Venice Film Festival to us. Alonzo Duralde in the building. Hello, sir. Hello. Alonzo, how are you? Welcome back. Uh, thank you. I'm good. I'm exhausted. Yes. <laughs> I, I've seen pictures of you and you are, you are either, you have been either eating gelato and that's it. I've just seen pictures yeah. of you eating gelato. Well, I didn't take pictures of me watching movies. I watched a lot of movies, and then I went and wrote about those movies. So it, was, it, was a, it was a lovely, fun work trip. But, uh, no, I'm exhausted because I just spent – it took me 22 hours of travel to get home. Jesus and Christ. And then I had to get up this morning to see the movie we're talking about today. <laughs> so uh, it's just yes. been a day. Yeah. <laughs> well, we welcome you back. Thank you so much. The movie he's talking about, we are going to be talking about Destination Wedding. I feel like we saw that movie in the same exact theater, Could sir. Be. Because yeah, it's be. only showing in two. <laughs> yes, yeah, the yes. odds are pretty good. <laughs> so we will be talking about that experience. Yo, that voice you heard right there. It's the Lord Chief Rocker, number one Chief Rocker, the dope rhyme sayer, film festival programmer, Drea Clark is in the building. Yay! Drea! Hi, Ricky! Hello, Drea. It is good to see you. As always. It's so good to be back. What is good with you, yo? What is good with me is I am two weeks out from the L.A. Film Festival, a festival that I've been with for 10 years and I've been working on straight through for the last six months programming and getting ready. And if you're in Los Angeles, please come out and see our movies. Um, We're showing a lot of... Big, exciting stuff that you may have heard about, some that has played other festivals that I'm sure Alonzo will see in his future travels. <laughs> and um, But then we also have some great world premieres. We're showing Ike Barinholtz has a world premiere of a film called The Oath, starring him and Ooh. Tiffany Haddish. Is that right? John oh, I want to see that. It's so trailer. good. Ike if Barinholtz. only you guys had a hookup to the L.A. Film oh, Festival. Do we? Who do we know? Um, Ms. Drea Clark. <laughs> yeah. That's how I met you. Yeah, yeah. That is how we met. That yeah. is. And I moderated then, um, the panel at last year's L.A. Oh, film Festival. yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I knew who you were, and then I was like, dragging her in. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we have a ton of small films with people you don't know in it that we're hoping to like give a leg up, and we're very excited about them. So LAFilmFestival.com. Okay. Check it out. Enjoy my blood, sweat, tears, why I don't see anyone but my cats, and why I watch 300 movies and two months. Uh, we will be talking about this uh, until the festival happens. When okay. does the festival happen? Oh my gosh, you're such a good question answer. Yo, I do asker. this shit. I do this. You're like a pro. Um, <laughs> September 20th through 28th, thank you for asking. Okay, perfect. Excellent. Well then, uh, keep. whoa, what was that? Oh, that's ah. okay. That's exciting. <laughs> like that. someone's, like, at, someone's at the door. I know. <laughs> It's like Bing Crosby. <laughs> Avon calling. <laughs> oh well, that voice. Speaking of someone at the door, that voice right there. That could be your. That could be your ding. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. She has. If been... I didn't set the joke up, it wouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has been my friend since when I first started doing stand up here in Los Angeles. I remember. Yes, yeah. When yes. you used to have hair. Yeah, but this is back oh. when I had a. A lot of hair. A lot of, a <laughs> yeah. lot of goddamn, a lot of goddamn hair. Yeah. Writer of a Max Fun favorite show right here uh, on Max Fun, uh, International Waters. Indeed. Comedian. 
just a hell of a master friend. Hell of a festival friend. panelist moderator Tug of War anchor well, I've, all, I have all done these panels credits. at both of y'all's festivals that's true so. yes, all FS2. these credits it's the one and only she caught me smiling <laughs> again Riley Silverman ladies and gentlemen Riley Silverman hello hello Riley hello how are you I am good how are you good to see you good what is good with you what is good with me is that uh, I am going back to Portland for my fourth time doing the All Jane Comedy Festival at the end of this month and uh, we thing that I'm doing this year that I'm really excited about. It's not official, but I think it is at this point, so I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, say that shit. I have been getting really into D&D again in the last year, oh, and uh, I have gotten permission from Stacy Halal, the runner of the festival, to let me run a live D&D <gasps> game session at Ooh. the festival. With a, with, it's going to be all women, because it's an all-women festival, and I'm gonna I'm like trying to get people in that have played before, and people who have never played before, and trying to get like a cool little group going. So I'm really excited about it, and it's going to be weird and nerdy and fun. But That's super that's fun. That's amazing. Will it be set up so people can watch you play? Yeah, it'll be like not almost like doing a live podcast campaign. where we'll have like a table on stage, and I'll probably like set up like like some places for, so people are playing can look at figures and maybe like okay. they have a pretty cool audio video set up there. So I'm gonna see if I can try to get like an angle like so that people can see the board that I set up if I can do all that. Uh, but yeah, otherwise it's going to be like you know a bunch of nerds you on the table. Costumed reenactors, I think. Will I thought about that. that. If, <laughs> I, kick. if I had enough more time to plan it and thought about it, I would. Because there are some shows <laughs> that do that. Like it, it might be fun to like run a game where you have players at a table and then you have like improvisers that like, have to act out <laughs> scenes based on what happens at the table. But I think for this one, it's just going to be fun to just like do not unlike other popular Max Fun show, The Adventure Zone. It's mm. going to be that kind of thing where it's going to be more of just like being nerdy as hell at a table and probably eating some Cheetos and drinking some beers and, and making some fantasy happen. So nice. That's that good life, yo. That's that <laughs> good is. life. Yeah, it was That's the thing that I, I was just like, hey, this is a weird question, but would you be into this? And <laughs> Stacey Halal, who runs the festival, was like, I love it. And so we're, I'm doing it. Yes. Yay. And when is when is this festival happening? That is, is actually starting on uh, September 26th, I think. It's the, the Wednesday. Okay. So a little bit of overlap, but I think it's going to happen that weekend. So it's going to be either the 30th or the 1st. I believe. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever the weekend is, it's going to be a weekend daytime event for my 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 D and D show. But I'll be doing lots of shows at the festival. So if you're going to be in the Portland area, check that out. That whole weekend, uh, I think I'm he- I think I'm doing a LGBTQI show that Sunday night. I can't remember, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool shows. I love doing that festival. I go whenever they will have me. So again, it's my fourth time going, and I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Ooh. Well, go to yo, Portland. Go check out Riley. Yeah. That's what's up, yo. Go check like out alljanecomedy.com. I think the yeah. Excellent. All Jane Comedy. Check out Riley. Check out all the comics. Check out that fun ass show. Ricky, That's what's up? Yes, sir. Before I ask you what's good, okay. I had I brought a, an audio what's good, and you didn't even ask me this week. Oh <clears> damn! <throat> what is wrong with me? So I had I just I want I didn't want to let it go because it was it was too fun. Can can I can I show you? Uh, can I can we do a peek <laughs> behind the curtain of Ricky's brain? I was so excited to sing Lisa Stansfield's <laughs> "Been Around the World" and I had like my brain stopped working after that. Like all the nutrients. Went off. He d- you decided for him that what's good is yeah, traveling was, 22 hours. Yes, and me singing this song, yeah. and that's all we and need. And I had black lipstick on for some reason. <laughs> I, it came out of nowhere. It was very strange. Oh. Anyway. Alonzo, my apologies. That's culpa. Fine. That's fine. What that's is fine. good with you, sir? Uh, I, just, I think it's something that you will get a kick out of if you haven't already heard it. Uh, Producer Casey, hit it. Crazy. Yes, it is the Crazy yes. Train September mashup Fantastic. that you never knew you wanted. <laughs> yes. It's right there. Yes. 
It's, I, I, I never liked Ozzy Osbourne more. Oh. I will tell you, this is how I know who my friends are. <laughs> because they will send me things and they'll be like, Ricky, you are going to love this. So, Alonzo, you are one of the many who has sent me this. And I'm like, yes, uh, you know me. You're my friend. This is how this works. Of course I love this. So Absolutely. Shout out Thank to an actual so DJ, DJ Cummerbund, who created this thing. Yes, oh he did. God. Yes. <laughs> oh, he, he also has a, a fantastic mashup of uh, Stevie Wonder's uh, Superstitious. And uh, you know the dead end. What's the door song? You know, night becomes the day. Uh, break try on to through run. to the other side. Break on through. Yeah, oh, it's wow. called uh, Break on Through the Superstition. Nice. Uh, DJ Cumberbund, find that. My nice. man, Alonzo. Uh, <laughs> come on now. Did you do Molly in Venice? Come on now, talk to me. Talk to just me. no, just milk fat. Um, <laughs> also, uh, what's good? Oh, oh thank you. Yes. So thank smooth. You. Yes. So smooth. You know, since we were just talking about uh, Stevie Wonder's superstition, this weekend, I can't tell y'all enough how important it is to holler at yourself. And when I say holler at yourself, I mean treat yourself right. Do something good for yourself. And uh, you don't need to put that shit online. You don't need to, like, promote it. Just give yourself time to, to treat yourself right. And I took uh, myself and my girl out dancing this weekend. Right across, I'm sure I mentioned this uh, yeah. last week on the show. Right across yes, the street yes. here to the Levitt Pavilion uh, here in MacArthur Park for a Stevie Wonder uh, dance party that happens uh, every year here in Los Angeles. It's called Wonderful. Uh, this year it was called Wonderful in the Park. And if you think it is fantastic to dance to Stevie Wonder inside a nightclub, imagine doing that on a Saturday evening in a park with, I mean, old folks, young folks, children looking at you, smiling at you <laughs> while Stevie is singing. Uh, you know, the, like I mean, he played all the hits, but like the the apex of that of that dance party every year is when he plays Stevie Wonder's "As" and he just plays the chorus over and over of "I'll be loving you until the stars uh, burn out in the sky, I'll be loving you until the dolphins fly." Like I mean, when you hear that shit and you're dancing with somebody you want to be with, and you look around and everybody's fucking looking at you and smiling, you're like, "That's what's up." That's good. That sounds amazing. Shit felt good, son. Shit and felt good. I'm you, you had some honeysuckle chocolate. The chip and kisses oh, full of love. Yes, I got the honey. <laughs> I'm picturing everyone dancing like Snoopy. You know the <laughs> do, 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 like just their heads Head back, heads thrown yes. back, little yes. rocking back and forth. Oh, it yeah. was like just so great, so great. So uh, that's what was good, yo. You need a weekend to holler at yourself, treat yourself right, y'all out there. Uh, and then Monday happened, and I had to go see Destination Wedding. <laughs> The movie that we will be talking about yeah. uh, today. We are also going to be... Oh, last week we announced that we had a Who Shot Your Hotline. And uh, a bunch of people called into that. Yay! So we are going to uh, play some phone calls from that. And as always, we will have our staff picks at the end of the episode. But first, it is time for our news roundup segment that we like to call It A Dick. Short for, <laughs> short for is this important? Do I care? Here's our works. I will read a news blurb. Actually, we are going to read a news blurb or a headline. And anyone, any one of us can jump in with our take by answering these two simple questions. Is this important? And do I care? I'm going to start off with the first one here. This is a movie that I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, it's uh, Damien Chazelle's uh, next film, or his upcoming film, First Man. It just premiered this past week at the Venice Film Festival. And Seen it. With Alonzo I already. saw it. Yes. Did you see it as well? I saw it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking very forward to this movie. I don't think it really exists. 
<laughs> People are already getting uh, upset about it for uh, the following reason. Well, first of all, the film is about the story of Neil Armstrong. Ryan Gosling will, uh, plays Neil Armstrong in the movie. It's about Neil Armstrong and the moon landing. And uh, people are upset because there's a part in there that's controversial. Uh, apparently, there's no scene that shows Neil Armstrong physically land, uh, planting the American flag on the moon. And although they do have a shot of the flag on the moon by itself, some conservatives are calling the film, quote, anti-American for omitting the action. Chazelle, Gosling, they, sons of Neil Armstrong, family, bloodline. <laughs> have issued statements saying that the omission was not politically motivated, that it was not anti-American, that it was just the, the director's uh, choice. But, you know, you got geniuses out there like Senator Mark Rubio, desgraciado, who is uh, very upset over a film that also he has not seen. Mark Rubio, criticizing the film, has not seen the movie. Uh, is this important? Do you all care? <sighs> I was going to say, um, we've lost Alonzo because he turned into a side. <laughs> so he won't be able to add anything else. First off, your subtle shading of calling him Mark Rubio is like, I enjoy for the rest of my life. Yes. The, the, yes, this is important to me. The idea of needing to find outrage in something you haven't even seen as if there's not enough on a daily basis <clears throat> that's actually existing and problematic. Um, it blows my mind. Can you imagine? Well, okay. On that point, I can say that, like, I, there's, there's points where that, that is acceptable. True, true. Like, for example, when there was, like, that rumor that the We Will Rocky movie was going to admit Freddie Mercury's bisexuality, right. like, that's a reason to be upset if, if you, if, like... I'm not going to pay to see a movie if it does that. So, like, me, I can be mad before I see oh, it. Oh, no, but then for they, like, sure. The new trailer, I was like, oh, no, no, we, there's, it's queer. Don't right. worry. Like, it's in there. <laughs> but the difference But that's not there, the same thing as this. Yeah. But. And you saying, I'm uninterested in a film that seemingly omits a very real part of his life, right. so I'm not going to go. It's very different. Or And then right. you could even do a call to, if this is true, this is why it's important to include this sort of thing. But to yeah. have a senator of our country, I don't know if you guys know this, there's only a hundred senators <laughs> total, and they've got other things to be doing. Yeah, for sure, I would just, I would just yeah. zeroing in on the one point about yeah. having no, not no, no, seen that's, it. Like, that's if you want to see like, me, if he alarm. wiped, like if he, if they, the rumor was that he wiped his ass with the flag on the moon, and they haven't seen it, they might be like, I'm a little mad about that. Yeah, like yeah. I'm a little yeah, mad, uncool. so I get that. But yeah, yeah. if you want to see, time, in, who cares? If you want to yeah. see Neil Armstrong plant the flag on the moon, watch old MTV. Exactly, it's all right there. They do it once an hour. Well, the one of the quotes that one of his sons brought up that I thought was interesting is, um, are they are these same people going to be as upset by the fact that Neil used the phrase one giant step for mankind instead of one giant step for America? America. Yeah. And so it's like, well, wait, why this, you know, making this a universal huge moment, which it was. We put a human being on the moon. And, and, and yeah. any movie about Terrible. this subject Fair. Can't help, too, my bad, but my bad. <laughs> can't help but be sort of like more than two, really uh, yeah. patriotic in a way. I mean, because yeah. like you know, yeah, the the combined forces of NASA and you know the military yeah. and all these things made that happen. This extraordinary leap forward in science and technology and all these things. And so the the notion that like a movie about Neil Armstrong is somehow anti patriotic is like yeah. Oh, yeah. a reach. Well, it yeah. goes back to that whole thing about like oh because like the Democratic candidate didn't have a 
flag pin in a debate. He right. hates America. Exactly. It's like you're just making up rules now Obama that don't wore matter. Obama a tan suit. Yeah. yeah. Communist. Now, my question is, does he still give the shout out to his next door neighbor for getting laid that night? Because I, I was waiting for that to happen. It does not. I, yeah. I mean, it didn't really happen in real life, but I, know, I, I, I wanted to put it in there anyway. Exactly. Like, I, yeah. I, I wanted I like, like make the urban legend history. Hang please. whatever flag you want, but make sure your neighbor gets gets some. <laughs> Oh, brother. Okay, so in other baffling Venice Film Festival news, uh, director Luciano Silgini Garinani wore a T-shirt to the premiere of Suspiria that said, Weinstein is innocent. He posed for shots on the red carpet, opening his jacket to show off the T-shirt, which also featured a large picture of Harvey Weinstein. In a very confusing statement by Garignani, he said, This is an action against the dissimulation of this sector where lots of women accuse the accused without being brave to explain that they have obtained the role because someone with different motivation and not for the real ability put them in the right place at the right moment. Security did not remove him from the screening. Is this important? Do you care? I care so much! No. Yeah. Fuck this I care fucking There's something – the idea of using that platform for that message – I just – as someone who knows 8 million aspiring filmmakers Mm. who would love to have any kind of access to press, who would love to just be at the premiere of Suspiria. Yeah. A a remake of a movie directed by the dad of Asya Argento, by the way. Ooh, ugly. I didn't even think of that connotation. But the – that also, I will say that what you just read of his statement, that's not just messy because of the translation. <laughs> it's a messy, ugly statement because what he's doing the whole thing without any self-realization is saying, oh, well, I'll actually be concerned with this when the women who got ahead, you know, admit that oh, I got this role because I slept with someone which completely negates and ignores the power structure Aren't in the men first the place. men the real victims here? Finally. Yeah, this, this Thank does, you. This reads like a tweet. <laughs> this quote reads like something that's been tweeted at me. Like, it does. Yes. It feels like that kind of vibe of, like, yeah. Yeah, this guy's apparently, like, a professional sort of Berlusconi-loving right-wing troll, so. It does not, and he also, the people he was with, it's not just him. He was with, like, five other idiots who all bowed down and sort of pointed at his shirt. Yeah. It's like, you leches. I did love our sweet April Wolf's reply, which was, I'm really excited to learn about this person so I can never see or support any of his films. <laughs> yeah. I did and see, I will second that. I did see several dudes in Venice wearing Woody Allen t-shirts, too. Oh. Oh, it's like, what is down, up, Europe? Man. I don't get it. Mm. I, Dre, you want to do Coron? I do. <laughs> um, Alfonso Coron agreed to direct Prisoner of Azkaban after Guillermo del Toro yelled at him. <laughs> I feel like I really let both those names down a little by not letting either of you say them. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no that was um, right. You hit that. You hit that. Um, all right. So while he was speaking to press at a screening of his new film, Roma, Seen which, which Alonzo <laughs> also got to see, you fucking show up. Yeah. Um, uh, that I did not see that. How's oh, that? Well. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron revealed he would never have directed Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban if it weren't for Guillermo del Toro. Apparently, he got offered the job after the success of E2 Mama Tambien, but wasn't interested Which, in it. What? I know it's a like, funny, it's a funny leap. That's it is. the weirdest. Like that feels like a thing that would happen, like as a I as a fake thing in like the big picture or something like that. Where it's, it like, does sort of make sense if you take out the sex from E2 Mama because it has younger protagonist 
on a journey of sorts, and mm-hmm. they're kind of coming of age, and even the sort of sexual burgeoning of it. Okay, it's just the hot scenes at the end. You need to. Yeah, I guess like, for me, I, I always until the story, I always assumed it was like he was interested in doing it and pursued he it. And that's how he got it's like a yeah. Harry Ron Hermione three way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Caron was making fun of it, and Del Toro got mad and said. <laughs> Fucking skinny. You're such a fucking arrogant bastard. You're going right now to the fucking bookshop and get the books and you're going to read them and you call me right away. That was my Guillermo del Toro. That was really wondering. It's like he was in the room. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and Crone did as he was told and after reading it, he decided to direct the film. Hey guys and gal, is this important? Do you care? Um, It's probably not important, but I do care. That's my feeling. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's, that, that's I, a valid answer. What yeah. I will say about it as far as importance, first of all, I'm actually shocked thinking about now that Guillermo del Toro was never approached to direct a Harry Potter movie, I know. it feels like that feels like what should, what would have happened. I wish he was doing these new ones. Like, but uh, yeah, the nice I'd thing about Quaron is that, that is that like that movie is the best, in my opinion, of that original franchise. Mm. Like, I think that Azkaban is like is the one that I think most nails the tone. I think that it like the kids feel the most real in it. Like, it's like that. Like, there's things that happen in it. Like, like I remember like um, Emma Watson was even saying like. I get to wear jeans because that's what kids wear yeah, yeah. around <laughs> school when they're yeah. not in class. They'll wear jeans. So what I think is interesting about it is I, I like that this very hoity this director who just came out this like very prestigious like indie darling film was like kind of scoffing at the idea of this like franchise movie, but Del Toro's like, there's substance there. Like don't don't dismiss it based purely on the genre that it is or who the market for it is. So I think there is something to be said about how Movies that are, are stories that are designed for kids and are designed for like a more simple audience can still have like a lot of interesting substance, yeah. and that's I think what I why I care about this kind of stuff because I'm I'm someone who loves like pop heavy stuff, but also likes good like artsy movies too. too so. Totally, yeah, yeah. And he, de- I feel like he, uh, Alfonso had like the same reaction that as, uh, that I had when I was told about the Harry Potter series. I mean, yeah. I was already like post college. When I was told about it, and I was like, mm, "No thanks, not yeah. really into that anymore." I've moved past that. And then somebody was like, "You need to fucking read these books, man. They're actually yeah. very good. They're they're headed in the right direction." I yeah, mean- they were starting to get like popular when I was in college, and I remember like kids. I worked in a restaurant, and kids would have the books, and so I was like, "Ah, it's a dumb kids thing." And I had a friend who had read them and was like, ah, "They're not they're not really that worth it." So I didn't check them out until the movie started coming out, and I was like, "This is actually really cool." And you're like, yeah, "Man, I'm- my friend led me astray." <laughs> yeah, well, the same friend even was like, "I went back and read them." They're actually amazing and i was like where were you earlier <laughs> but yeah I, I i started i plowed that first movie the first movie came out on hbo and i watched it and then i bought like the first four books that were out at the time on amazon and just like spent the whole thanksgiving weekend just read the entire book series like back cover to cover don't at me millennials uh Here azkaban is my least favorite film of the series fascinating this wait dude. wait wait is your first is your favorite part one of deathly hollows uh, no, God, no. The Let's Go Camping? That's no. my favorite. <laughs> no, mine is... Wait, but you're going to scoff at that, but then put that still above Azkaban? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, I would say wow. either either Goblet of Fire or Order of the Phoenix. Mm. Oh, wait, but you're going to get added for that. Well... <laughs> Not by me. He, Sorry. He put strict instructions to not be added. Yes. Well, I'm sure I, mean, I believe I that. opened with that. Don't so... people follow that, right? On Twitter, no, they, they just... They well, they if you didn't want to be added, you should have put a flag up at the beginning of it. So. Uh, yeah. No, look, I, and it, it is... It, we are going to spend the rest of our lives listening to the generations behind us refer to Harry Potter regarding everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. every podcast that I listen to that is hosted by somebody under 35... 
Harry Potter comes into the conversation somehow. Like it's it's their Chaucer and Shakespeare and everything else. It's every human condition can be filtered through the Harry Potter books. And yeah. I read them all. I love I them. I'm, I'm 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 into it. I I'm fine with all that stuff. But oddly enough, when it comes to the movies, like I think that. For me, the reason people love Azkaban the way they love Imperial Bedrooms because, like, that was the cool Elvis Costello album to say you were into. I think for Harry Potter, it's like the first two were directed by Chris Columbus, so it was sort of you could easily dismiss those if you wanted to. Kids but, movies. But yeah. when I Cor- like them. I was but, just I just said the first one made me get into the series. I, yes. I, I'm not talking about okay. you specifically. I'm saying in general. Listen, I will fight you. <laughs> I think that you're adding me. I told you not we're to add me. We're going to have a witch's ah. duel right here. I, I, think that, I think that when Quarone stepped up, then suddenly for like cool cineast types, then they could be like, oh, well, yeah. this is a filmmaker I the respect from, from another thing, so now it's cool for me to say, oh, well, this is the great one. Yeah. And I think it's some of the least dramatically satisfying, mm-hmm. which is interesting for someone who's already seen Roma. Yeah, yeah. But and, and, and it's also the, my least favorite Alfonso Cuarón movie. <laughs> this will be settled by a game of Quidditch after the show. <laughs> hey, uh, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking about Destination Waiting. You're listening to Who Shot You. Genre film fans, hear me. I know you're out there. Do not be ashamed of your love for gore, action, sci-fi, or fantasy. It's time to come out of the shadows. Because on Switchblade Sisters, we celebrate our love for genre films. I'm film critic April Wolf. Each week I have a conversation with a different female filmmaker about their fave genre film. And we cover film craft, getting projects off the ground, working with actors, and our general love for genre movies. I've had so many great guests like Heather Graham. In the past, it's like so many films are made by men that the female point of view is not always respected, which is why... All these stories haven't come out till now. Jennifer's body director, Karin Kusama. I think there's a lot more fantasy and a lot more expectation projected onto a woman director. Comedian and actor, Kate Berlant. I mean, it sounds so cheesy to talk about it in yourself, like... You just keep going. You're, you know, I'm just a vessel. Like, I I just do it. You know, I don't think. But, like, that is what it is. And many others. So check out Switchblade Sisters every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Who Shall You? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in the studio today are... Drea Clark. Riley Silverman. Alonzo Duraldi. Today we are talking about the Keanu Reeves-Winona Ryder joint destination wedding. Alonzo, if you could please give us a brief synopsis of this film. Sure. Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder star as fucking assholes (laughs) who like no one and no one likes them, but they get stuck together attending a destination wedding in uh, San Luis Obispo. The groom is his half-brother and her ex, and nobody really wants either of them there because they're such sour pusses. But, of course, their mutual self and outward loathing makes them catnip toward each other. Uh, and uh, will they fall in love? Who knows? But certainly no one else in the movie gets dialogue, so the, di- the odds are pretty good. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> That's a fantastic synopsis. I already think should this movie had been called uh, what was it? Uh, what was fucking it? assholes? Fucking assholes. <laughs> Oh. I feel like they wouldn't have been able to play as many theaters. That's a tough sell? <laughs> yeah. You think that's a tough sell? I mean, not to get too insider on you. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. My, my industry knowledge does have me. a subtitle, which is uh, 
what is it? A narcissist can't, can't die, die, or else the world would end. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like mean, the movie is aware they're terrible people. Oh yeah. It's not oh, like yeah. a movie trying to be like here's some good people. Like have the some movie, good times. The movie is so aware that it's a movie. I almost would have preferred that there was a camera just pointing at the screenwriter director typing at his desk <laughs> and chuckling to himself yes like i am just so clever at all the well, things I think that the i am writing that is, again you wouldn't be able to show it in most theaters because he's definitely jerking himself off while he's doing it <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't be able to film that um i do want to draw out something that alonzo added that i think is important to know if you haven't seen this mm-hmm. and that i didn't know going into it and really wasn't cognizant of until all of a sudden i was like oh Literally no one has any lines other than Keanu and Winona. There's no one else speaking in this entire movie. There's background Mm -hmm. and there's them. And each of the scenes plays more like a vignette strung together to a narrative. Um, And they're long scenes of the two of them. And I think they each have one monologue. And and actually Winona's monologue talking to the plant is one of my favorite moments in the whole thing. (laughs) But um, yes, so when I was watching it, it wasn't until sort of... I made it through, especially I'm watching so many indie movies that are always like, oh, I'm going to try something new. So I, I'm slower to catch on when there's a gimmick happening. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, they're the only people going to talk. Huh? <laughs> did, did, did you all? It's funny that you use that word gimmick. Did you all feel that? It was a gimmick. I didn't. I didn't feel like it was a gimmick. I felt like it was very intentional. Yeah, we're casting Keanu Reeves oh. and Winona Ryder in these roles. I felt it was very intentional that this is going to be just. Once you see that it's just them two, uh, and we're just listening to them two, I I was like, I'm on bo- I'm on yeah. board with this. 100. I very much oh. got a lot of a Before Sunrise vibe from it. I yeah. actually even I, I was telling. When I came in, I, I thought it was actually. I looked it up before when I got here to see if it was based on the play. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like a lot of times, we have where just two dialogue. It's like two people talking. It's like, oh, this was a play, and there's only two people in the play, and mm-hmm. then like all the rest of happening around it, and they just filled in visuals for the movie. But apparently, it wasn't. It apparently was written to be a screenplay. But And he, the writer director, has a huge TV credit of a bunch of television shows. And then he actually, now it's escaping me, but. Directed at least one other thing that I was Five like. Five to seven. Yes, that I was like, oh, yep, that makes uh, sense. Win a date what with a Ted Hamilton. Win a, I'm sorry. Uh, and win a well, he didn't direct that. He, did he write he it? Wrote he wrote that. He wrote, he wrote that, okay, yes. Gotcha. And they're exactly the same Tad. tonally kind of movies. Tad, I'm sorry. Tad Hamilton sorry, and Destination Wedding are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, um, you're, you're setting people up for an amazing thing. There was actually there was a group of girls in the theater like coming in that were like seeing it in the row behind me and they're like we don't know anything about it but today's Keanu's birthday because apparently <laughs> it was. apparently Sunday night was 54. Keanu's birthday and they're like we're going to go see it and you could definitely tell that it was not their movie like it was definitely not a movie <laughs> I, for them I went to a Tuesday matinee that was shockingly crowded and uh, much an old older women audience and they like really seemed to be enjoying themselves and I I didn't never laugh like there are there are a handful of funny lines most of them are Winona's mm-hmm. um, and I didn't mind the gimmick I, that was actually kind of funny because like yeah the other characters don't really matter it's just about the, the two yeah. of these guys but I kept mentally recasting it and sort of replacing it in cinema history like this to yes. me felt like the kind of movie that would have set like Sundance 1996 on fire well that's why yes. before Sunrise right? Yeah. yeah and then like yes. would have opened disappointingly after Miramax spent way too much money for it <laughs> 
And it should have starred like Paul Giamatti and Parker Posey. Yeah. Because Ooh, yeah. As, as much as I like Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder, and there's a lot they do well, these characters are so prickly and unsympathetic, and we have to sort of find the things in them that make us care about are they going to get together? Are they going to, you know, maybe hate life less? That they don't really, these two I don't disagree. really quite do. I, I found the fact their sheer attractiveness, charm, and just that star wattage that can't be faked. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. if I had seen this in a new indie that submission, I would have been like, oh, I'm exhausted at 20 minutes. I was kind of exhausted anyway. But I really... I love words and I love beautiful dialogue and the Preston Sturgisness of this rapid fire, but hey like now. angry, angry, <laughs> like if, Pre- if Preston was a total misanthrope, that was this vibe. And so I was really enjoying that. And I was also, there's nothing about them that's sympathetic. So it's relying entirely on their appeal and charisma for you to invest at all. But so for me, I needed I just, the I, movie I star didn't, nostalgia I didn't, I didn't believe those words coming out of Keanu's mouth. I yes. was That's watching thing. him acting. You mm-hmm. know? I, I mentioned this to you earlier. I felt like I was fine with Winona in it. I thought she was well-placed, but I think that I felt like Keanu wasn't really bringing his normal game to it. And it, I very much got that vibe of the Franco Hathaway Oscars, where it felt like the less that Keanu put into it energy-wise, the more over-the-top writer felt energy-wise to where like it was it didn't seem like too much but i think if she had been with somebody who was maybe bringing it a little bit more charisma to the role or something or it just felt like someone who was like just trying a little bit harder to care about yes, the movie yeah i think Seth Rogen and, I, and I and I, these two i've seen them have good charisma on screen together like they have good chemistry together and like, they're friends in real life so i don't know what happened but it just felt like keanu was like just like checked out for most of the movie. Yeah, I, 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 you've all hit on points where I'm like, yes, yes, and, 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 and you, Dre, you like this motherfucker, but still I'm like, ish. yes. Ish. Okay, ish. I respect yeah, parts of it. Yeah. I, I, I was surprised how much I still enjoyed it considering I didn't think I liked it that yeah, much. Very, very much yes. so. Very much so. I enjoyed Keanu and Winona in it. I would have loved to have seen somebody like Paul, uh, Paul Giamatti or, or Parker Posey and also no... Dude, fucking Victor Levin, no, bro, you you cast Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder in your movie. They ooze charisma. They don't need to say every word in the English language. Less is more. But the difference is, I would have preferred me, a like, scene I where really... they don't say anything. Uh, give me a That's scene a of thirty movie, seconds, my friend. That but... is not the movie he wanted to make. You're not valid, wrong. Valid. I no, love I, I a agree. breath between scenes, yeah. <laughs> but that is not the movie he wanted. This to me was like, this is a very expensive like YouTube series. You know, like <laughs> yeah. well written, like someone's spec machine of like, do you want to see some? Here's some good dialogue because I got dialogue for days. But it's but it's. Dialogue yes. so often is a thing. It, yeah. they're, they're that's what I mean. If you watch those in five minute chunks, sure. once a week, beautiful. But yeah, I mean, that's how I feel even about Link Letters. Like when I, I mean, I mentioned before Sunrise. I think most of his movies that are like this, where you just have characters talking to the camera for most of the time, I get. I find laborious after a while. Oh, I, see, a I disagree. Like before midnight, I think is fucking genius. Those those, those three, I'm on board with. But when it's like Slacker or a Scanner Darkly or sure, um, no, what's, the, what's the other one he had before Scanner Darkly, um, um, uh, the other one that was Rotoscope. Uh, 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 something Life. Yeah. I, I, 
Awaking Life. Awaking Life. I just, those movies were unbearable for me. And sure. I know people love them, so I'm sorry to crap on your taste, but they're movies that, like, for me, it's like, I Don't get it. You're her. super philosophical. <laughs> well, and I, this one oh, felt like that. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. One of the things you said that I also disagree, I really, and I'm biased, not just because it was his birthday, but <laughs> I was really impressed by Keanu Reeves in this. I think as a performer, his most iconic roles are things that aren't spoken. And he is so beautiful and both super masculine but androgynous and super Western but maybe Asian. Like he's yes. he, he's been this whole sort of otherworldly mix. So seeing him as just like a guy at a wedding, but also... I know exactly how they got him to do this movie is if you're like Keanu Reeves, we'd like to give you something that's nothing but like cleverness and incredibly wordy. And no one, he's not gotten a script like that for decades. And he was like, yes, please. We can shoot it a weekend. Yes. (laughs) And it reminded me of hearing about, because, you know, he's long been this rumored big Shakespeare lover. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, bless your sweet dumb heart. How would you, (laughs) how do you know how words work? And then he had these rumors that he did this really beautiful Hamlet in Canada years ago, which none of us, I mean, like rumors. And I I never believed it. I sat in the front row for every show. Every show. He went every night. He slept in a tent in between things. Wouldn't leave the premises. Thank you. But the, he did such a poor job with the Don John character in Much Ado About Nothing Mm. that I also sort of was like, I don't, I don't think you can handle the mouthful of dialogue like that. So for me seeing this, I thought he landed the jokes. I was like, I want to see him in more comedies. I want to see him in ensembles. But he, I thought his timing was great. He has to hide his light under so many bushels to play this much of a like sourpuss misanthrope negative person because I think it, it's so antithetical to everything we all ever see him do. Sad Keanu? You yeah. think this is anti This This isn't even sad Keanu. This is like... It's more the bitterness and like But I'm the, saying yeah, like sad Keanu is like a whisper away from this guy. <laughs> it's not like, oh, how could I ever imagine? He's always so happy. But he, but okay, but maybe maybe not that he's always so happy, but that he's so like relentlessly negative. Like sad Keanu is at least sort of haunted Keanu who has lost, you know, his his beautiful his beloved dog was shot or whatever. But you know, but but this is just like this is Paul Giamatti Keanu, which I just had a hard time by. But maybe maybe if we had somebody in the role who was like more known like who's more comfortable as a mythanthropic character exactly that's right, what I, I'm I got saying. tongue-tied no I'm saying maybe then it would have been unbearable because then yeah. like, like, maybe oh. even that element of charm would have been gone and like I just hate this guy like you would I have mean, seen just... Paul Giamatti come off with his sad dog face and start with all of this and been like oh God, leave this wedding already. Like, if it had been like but Gary Paul Oldman, Giamatti's... you'd have hated well, sure, him. Yeah, 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 Giamatti Paul... in Sideways, though. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly that's... who I was thinking of. Yeah. Like, he's, he's unbearable, no but he's Giamatti. also I like... Bad. I love Giamatti. He's also, hilarious in and it. And you show me Keanu in a vineyard, and my mind immediately goes to a walk in the clouds, and that movie was garbage. Your Whoa! mind is always <laughs> in a walk in the clouds. I enjoy a walk in the clouds. <laughs> as far as, like, my re- romantic Keanu lead movies, I'm, I think what, a walk in the clouds... you rather watch Sweet November? Or the... Or the lake house. <laughs> Dave and I laughed hey, out loud. The lake, the the lake house November. is I'm not screaming and got as like, bad as it gets. The, the old lady shot us looks. Nice. I've the seen lake house is actually an entertaining oh, with the magical yes. mobile. The lake house is terrible. Twelve times. You're, you're right. It's you're right. Those, I mean, right. it's not. Look, I'm not gonna be like you've got to see the lake house, but it's one that like, like I think it got mocked as a weird premise. But when you watch it, like this is actually a charming yes. movie. It's got yes. an interesting premise. With the cast of Speed. And I think sometimes I actually, Drea, to your point, like I didn't dislike Keanu or Winona in this movie. I just, I really just had a problem with the script and like 
Why, why didn't you trust your actors more? Trust them more that they can deliver what it is that you're trying to say. They've been in movies since we were fucking children, yo. They know what they're doing. I do A think, look yeah. can say so much as opposed to pages watching her fucking you're, you're like, it's called show, yeah. don't tell. You're yeah, supposed at, to put a tape of that on your computer. <laughs> absolutely. I feel like, again, of in terms of what Victor Levin's intentions were. I think part of it was he wanted to make something so wordy, so dialogue heavy. It's not what we have now. We, you know, and I know that Alonzo's forever going to hold it against me that I brought up Preston Surges. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm wary of bringing up like His Girl Friday or the Philadelphia Story oh, or things that love dialogue. <laughs> This movie is not those movies. I'm not saying that. You're, you're going to compare it to Eric Romer now? What are you going to do? Come on. But there is something about, like, we used to love language in a different way. And I think, of course, who who has the ego of that more than a writer for however long who gets to make this project? But I also think the people who released this film know that it was not the, like, charming rom-com that the first trailer came out which is why it's in two theaters in Los Angeles, <laughs> yes. and I had to drive yeah. my ass to Santa Monica. Well, you didn't go to the hottest theater in yeah, the country. Yeah, the, un- the unair-conditioned Burbank theater oh, where yeah. we saw I, it. I actually was at that same theater yesterday seeing other movies, and someone was complaining to the manager about that specific theater not being <laughs> yes. conditioned. Yes. Now, yeah. I, I, but here's the thing. I love a gab fest. Like, yes. I just saw the new Olivier Assayas movie in Venice called Nonfiction, Did which is... Did you guys know that he was just in Venice? Did I mention? You were I in Venice. Venice. I was what? in Venice, y'all, you guys. Uh, and it's, I think... Well, she was in Santa Monica. It's not that far of a drive. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Sundance Select for you. Is, you went further down the five. Sundance Select is going to release it later this year, and it's great. And it's like it is a super talky ass movie about him. the yeah. death of like the publishing industry, you know, with Juliette Binoche. And so I, I'm fine with a movie that is like wall to wall dialogue. Like, why isn't Mind Walk on DVD? Damn it! Hmm. But the, the, the these characters were so unrelentingly. Yes. bitter and cranky and while I think I would love that from certain people I just didn't quite buy it from them and so I was aware of watching actors act and that kind of took me out of it but there are there are plenty of funny lines for sure and uh, I, I liked the dig at South Coast Plaza uh, even though I like South Coast Plaza <laughs> well let's go around and let the people know what do we think should they stream it screen it or skip Destination Wedding I will go ahead and say y'all can skip destination wedding and head straight to party town divorce i lean towards skip but you know if you remotely think that the idea of a super talky rom-com that is anti-rom sounds appealing and you're curious how these two do or don't pull it off stream it Right. I would say stream it, but if 20 minutes in you hate it, bail. Because it's not going to get way better. Or if you're streaming it, fast forward until you see them going for a walk through the desert or the farm or whatever. Because I don't think you need to see the movie to enjoy the sex scene. It's it's I agree. agree. But I would say, yeah, I think if if you're starting to watch it and it's just, it's not hitting you immediately get out because it's not going to become a great movie halfway through that you're Pull your shoot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I am similar. I would say stream it if only because, as you know, I have a fondness for original filmmaking. And even if this didn't particularly land with me... The more people put money into things, uh, the more other things will get money, and so always playing the long game. Yeah, it, it's true. We can't. We can't. It's a whole. 
It's a whole messy pool. But, um, but yes. somebody give Winona something that she deserves. Besides, well, I mean, Stranger Things is great, but yeah. give her some more. Let, let no, her both come of back. them, I would Absolutely. love but he's, to he's see. But he's doing 100%. fine. He's doing yeah. John Wick movies. He's doing great. Yes. I, but I would like, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. She should be doing more quantity. Yes. But I really like the idea of someone using, like, I just remember Keanu popping up in um, Something's Gotta Give as the, like, handsome doctor that oh, right. yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Diane Keaton. Old girl, old girl off her feet. Thank that you. was for you, Ricky. Thank you. And how charming he was in that and how light it was and me being like, why are we not? Let this man do something else. So use Winona more in everything and use him more in lightness. Well, I think it's because when we did use yeah. him in Lake House, he got shit on for it. Like, like it's a movie that's, that's like exactly for that. I think that's, that's the fair. problem. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I, I no longer shit on Keanu uh, as, as much, I should say. Like, I was fine with him in this. Both of them, Keanu and Winona, you deserve a better movie. You're, you're, they, yeah. If you're going to sell them, give us them. I think that Keanu Don't have has never quite shaken the... No, this is not hasn't. him as an actor. I know actor. what you're saying already. Yeah. I think I think people still <laughs> think of him as Ted. 100%. When he's 100% given it so much more yes. in everything he's done since that movie. But I feel like... Which is weird because like no one does it to Sean Penn with Spicoli for the most part. Like Sean Penn is like getting nominated for Oscars right, and, but, like, but, but and you, is an asshole. But you can look like, at Keanu Reeves like in The Matrix or in Point Break and see... A little bit of Ted in there. Just yes. like a touch. Well, I, yeah, but Point Break is also a surfing movie, so it's no, kind of okay. I, I, that's this there. is true. I do want to yeah. call out one tech thing real sure. quick. This movie looks like ass. It, it does. Yes. Terrible. Oh, like, and, it has and, an awful score. Yeah, like, and, and, uh, a score feels like they just went to like no. some free loot website and <laughs> just got a bunch of It was shot yes. on an iPhone and lit by two other iPhones. Yes. It, like, and, and Keanu once terrible. narrated a, a documentary about film versus yes. digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like he must have looked at the camera and been like, okay, that's how we're going to do it. I mean, it may have been shot on an iPhone. Who knows? And, I mean, no, Tangerine I was, was. It could be. Yeah. Like, oh, but like, it's, like, the music sounds like someone was just playing a travel video to visit, uh, what's the city? Is San it, Luis Obispo. But what's the, like, oh, Paso Robles. Paso, it's like someone's like, here's Robles? all of our, here's all of our exotic uh, <laughs> apple orchards, and they just like stood in the middle of that shot and played the music that would have been playing in a tourist <laughs> video. <laughs> yeah, it's like such bad, like, like, yeah. Agreed. There and you have it. Y'all. Needed to be included. That is all we have to say about destination wedding. No more will be said. Uh, we are going to take a break. When we come back. Oh hey, when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna hear uh, your voices, y'all. We're gonna play some phone calls that you all made to us. I'm so excited. Yes, I know, it's gonna be so dope. You're listening to Who Shot You, y'all. The Greatest Generation is the most popular Star Trek podcast in the world. A pretty dubious distinction, but it's true. We've blasted through all of Star Trek the Next Generation. And now We are blasting through Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Come find out why millions of people have listened to our show and the Star Trek industrial complex ignores it. Go to MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts and look for The Greatest Generation. Hey y'all, welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in the studio today are... Alonzo Duraldi. Riley Silverman. Drea Clark. Last week, we announced the launch of the new Who Shot Ya? hotline. Uh, We asked people to call in and answer this question. What regular human movie 
we want to stress human movie there. <laughs> what regular human movie would you remake with puppets and why? Destination Wedding. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we asked y'all and y'all answered. We got a ton of responses. Uh, we're going to play some of them right now. If we didn't play your message, do not worry. We were, we are, this will not be the one and only time we're doing this uh, segment. We were going to be doing it again. Uh, everybody who called in, y'all were great. Let's go ahead and play the first uh, call we got. Hi, Ricky. This is David from Sacramento, and I think Clue the movie <gasps> should be Ooh. remade with puppets. Oh, in fact, I'm it could that. even be done with just the straight Muppets. Ooh. I think that cast could do Clue. Lots of colorful characters. It would be great. Okay, thanks. Bye. Oh, thank you. The thank only you problem much. with that plan is there's only like two girl Muppets. So you have to say. like make new Muppets to be. <laughs> have fun, like, Janice. Yeah, yeah Janice all the roles. Piggy. Miss Piggy and... and Skeeter, apparently. We bring Skeeter back from the dead. <laughs> I do love that idea, though. I mean, I'm yeah. partial to Clue anyway, and it has a Muppety vibe to it. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, we did Clue as a movie or as a play in my high school, and we did a revolving stage. Ooh. And so when you ran room to room, you went. And That's when dope. they did the article or like a few years ago there was like an anniversary article and it was a oh and various oral history history, yeah Yeah. so um john landis wait yes he produced he mentions my school because he's like i got a letter from a school because we just transcribed the movie (laughs) like we didn't know about like rights or anything (laughs) and we wrote anyway i was like oh my god he mentioned my school and i sued the pants off them that school no longer exists i've been paying him back ever since i saw a theater company in hollywood do that, but they did it on like the tiniest stage imaginable. Uh, so, for know, Muppets? No, for to no, no, I mean, like, it's a stage they should use for Muppets. Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> like there was one room, and it's like you can't do a haunted house mystery <laughs> in one room. Not haunted house, especially, you know yeah, yeah. especially a show that's specifically designed to be multiple rooms. Exactly. Like, yes, yeah. it was. We left it intermission. Mrs. It was Peacock unbearable. In the, in the study. That's it. That's the entire. <laughs> we figured it out. Now, would you do like if you did the actual Muppets? Would it be? Would it be like Kermit as? Uh, the butler as well. Mr. Froggy. Mr. Froggy. There we go. Well, I, I think I like we'd have it. to follow the Muppet thing where when they did the classic like literature ones, that's actually Gonzo and Rizzo that oh, are like right. involved somehow. Yeah. So Okay. All right. I like it. Let's listen to a, let's listen to another phone call. Hey folks, it's Alan from Savannah, Georgia. I want them to remake John Carpenter's The Thing with Muppets. <laughs> I just want to see a younger audience react to assimilation. I want this movie to star Kermit Russell, Fozzie Brimley, mm. Beaker Moffat, and Camilla the Sled Chicken. I'd be okay if Keith David still played Keith David. <laughs> I love you guys. Vegan mayonnaise forever. Oh. Alan, I love you. You're my guy. Forever, awesome. somebody, Send somebody, him all of the money. Yeah. Somebody on Twitter, when there was that game that everyone was playing, like recast a movie but only one human and the rest are all Muppets, someone said the thing, but the joke should be that you only bring in Muppets when the thing has taken over their body. <laughs> But you, but you never mention it. Like you just keep <laughs> pretending it's the same actor playing the character, <laughs> but it's a Muppet instead. <laughs> and I like yes. I want to see that version of the thing now. Oh. Invasion of the Muppet Snatchers. Yeah, nice. oh. that would be a nice way to introduce it to a new generation. I like that this I wasn't a Muppet specific the, question, uh, but viewers. everyone's made it Muppets already so oh, yeah. far. Well, they don't, they don't like want to see the cast there. of Happy Time Murders. Again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe the cast of Avenue Q, who I would happy to be <laughs> Alan, that's a great idea. I love it. Yeah. The, 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 the thing version of the Muppets with the, the Muppets. Muppets. Oh, my man. That's Ricky's what's up, gonna yo. think about that a lot. For a minute. I'm just imagining the puppet version of the, like, tentacles, like, grabbing the dog and... 
And I, Rolf, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Put on. And I love keeping Keith David in the cast yeah. as well. Yeah. I'm like that's just like now I want to see They Live as a Muppet. I watch I watch <laughs> They Live on I watch They Live on Monday. It's I was fantastic. Say, that it's was in your weekly viewing list. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. I'm on a John Carpenter marathon right now. Let's go to the next caller, please. Hello, y'all. Uh, Greetings from Milwaukee. My name's Tanya, sometimes known as Victor. And if I could recast any human movie with puppets, it would definitely be Cruel Intentions. Three reasons. Puppets writing in journals. Puppets doing blow. I want to see how they engineer the spit kiss between two puppets. Also, I feel as though puppets have the right kinetic energy to convey the melodrama of that movie. So... Anyway, thanks for all that you guys do, and always look forward to hearing you guys every week. Bye. Blowing my mind. I like that idea, but I would take a step further and make it a puppet dangerous liaison. I was just going to say. Make it a period piece again. Which brings us back to Keanu. Oh, bless his sweetheart in that. But I do want to keep the kiss in as well. I'm with you on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're right about that. Cruel Intentions is one that whenever I go to reference it, the everyone around is like, yeah, that movie is way darker and weirder than I remember. Like, as soon as you start talking and unpacking. Right. Oh, I remember it being really dark and weird. Oh, yeah. I loved it at but, that age. But even yeah. more so when you look back. Like, I remember watching it and thinking, like, yeah, this is dark and weird. Like, Dawson's Creek. And then you watch <laughs> no, it and you're like, no, I don't, yeah. hey, no. I was super into it at that age. And yeah. if you did a Muppet Sarah Michelle Gellar, she'd kind of look like one of those ones from The Dark Crystal, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. She would. She'd look like Kira. Did you say Gellar? Yeah, we all, we all, we all stopped on that, right? Yeah, okay. I, I feel like that's... I've been pronouncing it wrong the whole time. He I was said like, it was oh, it such Galar. confidence. Yes, yes. Yes. Was, like, there, I've been saying it wrong this whole I'm a Buffy fanatic. There was a joke never... about it on the Venture Brothers once. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, look, it's Buffy's own Sarah Michelle Galar. Okay. I just knew it was stuck in my head. I was saying my own favorite show's star wrong for 20 years. And I think we have one more, correct? Hey, this is Bradley from Oklahoma. And. My suggestion to would be to replace humans with puppets in Fargo, because the Coen brothers have very uh, kind of cartoonish characters already. But the catch is you leave Steve Buscemi a human. <laughs> yes. That way the uh, kind of funny looking joke still plays. <laughs> Um, also, the Raid movies would be really good as puppets. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love I that. Such good picks. Thank oh. you, Bradley. And I love that everybody has like picked a movie and been like, but I want to keep this one actor yes. yeah. in, in all of this. I'm not sure if I 100% agree with your detective work in there. <laughs> I actually would really love to see a sincere crime movie like that. With, with Muppets. Like, I know the Happy Time Murders I'm, I is like, the whole thing is like, oh, we're making it over the top it and ridiculous. Co- yeah. like, but it's still, but I don't it's want still that. a comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want a movie that's like sincere. I'm like, yeah, that, that key, that caller's right. The Coen Brothers type of humor would work so well if you just added a little bit of wackiness to it or like something like the way the airplane just took an actual hard world script and just added some jokes to it. Like, I would love like to Muppet see. Muppet Burn After yeah. Reading. I wonder, yeah. I, I wonder if that's, if that's where they're missing with these movies where like, the hook is like it's puppets, but they're doing this. Right. Get rid of, but they're doing this. Yeah. It's just puppets, 
doing Fargo. Because what was so great about the Muppets originally was that they weren't really kids' movies to begin with. Like, there was all sorts of adult jokes and, like, like, there's a Hare Krishna running gag in the first Muppet movie. It's not for kids. Like, kids can enjoy it. They don't get it. So, like, the the genius of a good Muppet movie is that it can be enjoyed by adults who get it and children who don't at the same time level of enjoyment yes so when you make a movie like Habitat Murders like ah what if the Muppets are fucking like that's just like it's like that's uh, everyone's uh, sketch about the Muppets already been done it's, it's already been done better by Avenue Q it's already been like I was on that show I know we already had a whole topic about it no but, no no, no. You but say that's, shit. that's why I think the, the Fargo idea would work so much better because if you had this like I mean Great Muppet Caper is essentially that it's essentially sure. eventually, essentially the Muppet Clue it's like what if we had a, mur- a mystery and we mm-hmm. just solve it so that's what's I, I wish that the Muppet company hadn't given up on this thing they were doing of, like, making classic literature into Muppet movies because that's what was so interesting about, like, Christmas Carol and Pi- Treasure Island are so fun because it does tell a story and just has fun with the Muppets in yeah. it. Well, you uh, want to uh, see the Muppets in 1984, is what you're saying. <laughs> that would, I, would, I would definitely that would be watch awesome, that. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> with Sam the Eagle as, like, the, like the big, big brother, brother on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what we've done to animation in this country where we've relegated mm. to being this kid's only thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you, if you look at what comes out of Japan or, like, you know, sort of art films come out of you know, from Europe with stop motion or whatever like yeah there's a, a, there's a, a an endless you know supply of ways to do it and stories you could tell and audiences to pitch it at but we've you know it's like nope this is a kid thing it's got to be a kid thing or it's got to be a subversion of a kid thing that's so obviously a subversion that it's yeah. nothing but drugs and sex and foul language isn't that hilarious when okay. I first saw the poster for Happy Time Murders I was like really interested in it and then when I saw the trailer I'm like ah but yeah I mean Roger Rabbit was a fantastically good movie yeah I, I love it as a kid. I love it as an adult. For di- like, that's basically what that I yeah. It's, and it's Chinatown for kids. Circles, you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you to everybody who called in. Yes. Uh, we didn't play everybody's phone call, but we had a bunch of uh, we had a bunch of messages in our inbox. Thank you to everybody who called in. That was so awesome. Uh, we're gonna keep doing this. The movie that we are going to be talking about next week is Peppermint, starring uh, Jennifer Garner. And so the question that we have for you, Jennifer Garner, she's uh, she's she's considered kind of a, a TV action star, uh, and she's in this new movie, Peppermint. Uh, so we are asking y'all, which actress would you like to see who has not been an action star in an action movie? Uh, would you like to see Juliette Binoche whooping somebody's ass? <laughs> maybe you for might instance. say all day, uh, every day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm Dame always Dame Maggie Smith, oh, perhaps. Come on, oh, now. come on now. Dame Helen Mirren. I mean, if well, we're going to go she's there. She's in the Red movies. She is. Damn, yeah. she did it already. Olivia she did Coleman. It. There, there you go. go. There you go. I saw the favorite. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh my we got God. him, bro. I want to talk about it later. Yes. <laughs> okay, the, can I propose something? I wish you would. I can't believe you're not calling this the Who Shot line. Like, see, whoa, see it was sitting right there. Right? I'm saying, I mean, Ricky, I mean, normally it's right. You're like, I got it. There's when I can't think of these things, this is why you all right. are here. It's a this team is why I've asked you to be here. Team effort. Because you give it to us. Please call the who shot you line. Who shot line? The who, the shot, who line. shot line. W, I'll, get, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> the who shot line. WSY 8031664. Which actress who hasn't been in an action movie would you like to see? In an action movie. That's, That's the correct question, As right? As the action yeah. hero. As the action yeah. hero. As the lead. Yeah. As the None lead. of this, like, your Judy Dench playing M kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 none of that. We want to see Judy Dench as, as Bond. Judy Bond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Call the Who Shot Line, WSY. Eight zero three one six six four. All right, uh, it is almost time for us to go, but before we go, we got some staff picks for y'all. Every week, we ask everyone here on the panel to recommend a movie, whether it is in the theater, streaming, online, uh, what have you. Uh, who would like to go first, Drea? I'm looking I'll go at first. you. Okay, my film has nothing to do with anything we talked about. Word, um, except for it is beautiful filmmaking from a filmmaker who started in theater and took that and transferred it and made a film that is very much more showing than telling. And it was a festival film last year. It's currently on HBO and it's called Lady Macbeth. And I love this movie. It's um, the lead actress, Florence Pugh, I believe is how you say it. And um, she's so riveting and she's, Really young. I'm super excited to see where her career goes. It is. Um, it's not. It's not Lady Macbeth from Shakespeare. It's tones of that, but it's definitely it's set like in the 16th century. She's um, a, a young woman who's uh, coming into her own when her her husband leaves. Oh, it's good and dark and. I really think it's great. And it has nothing to do with the play because I saw it on HBO and I was like, oh, word. Lady it does. Macbeth. You look at it and you assume it'll be like, oh, is this an iambic yeah. pentameter? It's not. Okay. It's um, it's much more sensual and raw and um, emotional. I say emotional, but I don't mean in that like histrionic kind of way, but emotional. Like there's just raw emotions running through it. And she's lusting after someone she's you know like many girls was married to an older man um that she's not interested in and it's not a happy marriage and uh she's trying to figure out her own power within that and um she's not a she's more of an anti-heroine in a lot of ways in very interesting ways okay all right well thank you lady Macbeth uh, on hbo Alonzo, what do you have for the people? Well, you know, I was thinking about my two favorite Spike Lee movies that you guys did not mention in the Black Klansman oh, episode, no. which I caught up with while I was traveling. Okay. So I was thinking about Crooklyn and Get on the Bus. But, uh. Shabuya. Shabuya. Roll call. My name is Ennis. Yeah. And I'm on the move. Yeah. All right, sorry. Okay. Uh, we'll, be here, we'll be here all night. Yes. Uh, no, the, but a movie that I was thinking about while watching uh, Destination Wedding in terms of it being about a an unlikely romance that blossoms between two people who don't like each other in a hotel room. Uh, I've already admitted my 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 deep dark secret about Prisoner of Azkaban. So I, this is my this is my other hot take for the episode. I'm going to recommend the often loathed uh, Robert Altman comedy, Pret-a-Porter. Wow. A.K.A. Ready to Wear. Don't him. The common law step up. Se- exactly. <laughs> Set <laughs> in- I'm a Yeah, so it's set in the world of fashion, all-star cast. Uh, Isaac Mizrahi. Yes. Uh, you know, but like, you know, it, it's, God, who, who isn't in this movie? Yeah. Tim you Robbins. Know? Julia Roberts. Well, exactly. The Tim, Tim Robbins, Julia Roberts. Robert to have this one of the many subplots of the movie. Uh, he plays a sports reporter who's on the way his way out of the hotel. She's a bedraggled Washington Post reporter who's been sent to cover Fashion Week. Um, they lose her luggage. Uh, his luggage gets stolen by Marcello Mastroianni. So the two of them are stuck in this hotel room uh, wearing bathrobes, covering a murder and Fashion Week, all from French television and filing their stories from there and getting drunk and having sex with each other. And it's really charming. And I think Prêt-à-Porter is actually really funny and underrated. And even though people shat on it when it came out, I think it's a fun movie and it's worth checking out. So, yeah, 
Robert Altman, ready to wear. Check it out. Preta Porte, yo, that's what's up. Riley, what do you have for the people? I'm recommending a movie called Away We Go, which stars <gasps> John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph. And also, again, a, a theatrical director. But surprisingly overlooked movie, I feel, because totally. I, I think it may yes. have been in the same issue of like they didn't know how to market it, so it kind of got buried when it came out. But it's a Sam Mendes movie. It's Sam Mendes. It's written by Dave Eggers and Vinda LaVita. It stars John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph. So it should have been this much bigger movie than it is. And it's same kind of like it's not – what Destination Wedding is, but it is a movie that we follow two specific protagonists that, that are kind of in the movie together. There are it's also a lot of vignettes that go through points, and the, the premise of the movie is that uh, Krasinski and Maya Rudolph are are a long term couple. Maya Rudolph is pregnant, and they were gonna li- they were living by Krasinski's parents who are leaving the country for a while, and so now they're traveling the 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 continent trying to find where they're going to put down roots and raise their children and they go there's lots of great cameos with uh and like scenes with like Allison Janney and Jim Gaffigan and there's there's little moments like that and it's a great example of a movie where it finds the perfect times to show something rather than tell something <laughs> and there is a scene that takes place in Montreal with my girl oh. Melanie Linsky <laughs> that is is in my opinion the greatest performance I've ever seen of someone who's not speaking in a scene. Melanie Linsky has this scene that I I, did, did, I will go to my death saying that she was robbed for an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress for it. Because and Maya scene... Rudolph should have gotten a lead actress on yes. Oscar, too. It is it is a very, very wonderful movie. and it, it's, it's got a lot of heart to it. It's really funny at times. It, it will make you cry. Oh. And I just it was, it's a movie that I just randomly found myself wandering into a theater one night and it was like playing and I went and saw it. And it's a movie that like no one else ever. I, I'm I, when you guys perked up when I said it, I got so excited because <laughs> most of them have never seen it. Oh, and I, I just just I had dinner last week time. with a group of people where we had the same thing of like, why did that movie not do yeah. better? <laughs> so it is just it is it is visually beautiful because Sam Mendes has a great eye for visuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the characters are really charming. You really care about them. the The conflicts feel really real. It's a little bit it's a little bit precious, but in a way that's like it like earns it. And yeah, it yeah. has that that. Sort of whispery iron and wine light score, which is a little <laughs> annoying. Yeah. But beyond that, oh, so great. Yeah, okay, so away all we right. go. That's my movie. Maya Rudolph, all day, every day. She's, and she's mm. so good in it. All mm. day, every day. I uh, last week I, I, I rattled off a bunch of different movie titles that I say I, that I said I would recommend this week. It was like Crush Groove, and I don't know. I think I yelled about a fucking they Fat live. Boys movie. <laughs> they live. Barry Gordy's Last Drag. Yeah. <laughs> But what I ended up watching was uh, the 1990 Adrian Lin joint Jacob's Ladder. Nice. And that movie is a fucking nightmare, yo. (laughs) Like... I loved it. I'm also in the process of going back and uh, and and finishing the new uh, Twin Peaks, mm. and I'm surprised at how like similar these two kind of feel as far as like they this this incident that takes place in the real world, uh, but just, just every once in a while just kind of like skews off into like this weird macabre thing uh, that is happening. It's also one of these great movies where. I mean, this movie came out in 1990, and I would very easily just go ahead and spoil it and tell you what happens. But because kind of what you don't know that's happening in the movie, Mm -hmm. and when you Mm -hmm. watch it a second time, 
it's just one of those like, oh shit, my man doesn't know what's going on in this. Jacob, you don't know. Yeah, well, you and have to it was... don't spoil it when you're recommending people listen, watch yeah, it yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, Jacob's ladder. It's uh, it's 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 streaming on Amazon Prime right now. Can't recommend it enough. And Shout some, out. Somebody just said on sorry, I didn't mean no, to, no, 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 somebody on Twitter just said that she had a couple of still shots and said nobody shot Elizabeth Pena better was, than Adrian Lyne in that movie. I was movie. about to say Elizabeth Pena gave me all of the feelings. She's so great. Uh, R.I.P. I mean, uh, R.I.P. I mean, goddamn, yo, how does that happen? Uh, uh, Maya Rudolph all day, every day. Elizabeth Pena all day, every day. Uh, like I said, next week we are going to be talking about uh, Peppermint, the new Jennifer Garner joint. The new Jennifer Garner joint. If you like what you're hearing, please continue to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Five star reviews, we love. We will give you shout outs on the show. I'm gonna go read. I'm gonna go ahead and read one now. Man of Steel, apologists. I love you already <laughs> because Man of Steel was one of the best movies of that year. I'm telling you. Somebody took your name, Ricky. Yes, they did. <laughs> Don't at him, uh, man. No, I wish you would at me, Man of Steel. Apologist says, found this through Switchblade Sisters. All right. Excellent. Uh, it's nice to hear April in a different environment and have fun with her colleagues while discussing movies. I always appreciate Alonzo's knowledge of queer cinema, especially. Oh, thanks. And I get stoked whenever I hear that Drea Clark is a guest because she cracks me up. Drea the dope one says, people love you, y'all. People love you. And Ricky, I also love Zack Snyder. <laughs> Mama! See what I'm saying? Come on now. Uh, Get a room. (laughs) Uh, Lametastic writes, The podcast description is apt. It is so nice to listen to a podcast about movies that isn't a bunch of straight white guys. I'm one of those people who reads the IMDb trivia directly after any movie I watch, so this is way up my alley. Thank you, Lametastic. Thank you very much. Thank you to everybody who listens to the show. Thank you to everybody who called in uh, on the shot line this week. You said that shit. Coined that shit. Riley, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, where can people find you? Online, on the social medias, all that stuff. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Ricky. It's because it I, I'm on Twitter okay. at Riley J. Silverman. Excellent. But also, I have a comedy special coming out. What? And what? It's going to be on. So, it's, it's a great thing to talk about on a film podcast. There's this website called Seed and Spark, which yeah, is a yep. crowdsourcing site that is all focused specifically on, on independent film. They help people raise money to make their films. They also help people get uh, attached to, like, they find equipment for film. They find things that are, like, like, filming locations, things like that. And they also provide a platform for streaming for the films they have. A website that has a streaming service that is a pay-what-you-can streaming service that can starts at $2 a month. And if you want to pay more, that money goes towards other films and other people on their site well they are now dipping their toes into creating their own uh, independent produced content and the first thing they are producing is a comedy special called Everything is Fine and uh, (laughs) I am in it uh, along with uh, several other really really great comedians like Heather Turman and uh, it's going to be a really fantastic show Uh, and we we taped it back in June and it is a really really fun special there are six of us in total and it's really cool because what they're having us do is they had us do a special Special, and then there's also a little like behind the scenes episode for each of the comics that's on the special, and you can watch that. So it's designed to watch either as just one special, which is just stand up straight up, or you can watch this little. It's almost like a little mini documentary about oh, each nice. one of us. Yeah. And so that's uh, actually kind of, they actually had, I they got footage of me doing comedy before I transitioned that I that it's in there and some old photos and stuff. So it's a really cool little mm. like, little trek down my journey. Yeah. So check that out. That premieres on September 12th, and it is seedandspark.com. And again, it's a pay what you can service, and you can pay. As low as two dollars a month. So fantastic. So go to seedandspark.com slash fine. Excellent. Nice. That's what's up, yo. That's what's up. 
Trey and Alonzo, they're on the Twitters, they're on the Instagrams. <laughs> R.I.P. with the flick, you know, yeah, R.I.P. The people are asking yeah, for it. it. It'll come back it, in it some will fashion. Rise again. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and thank you all for listening. If you have any uh, questions for us, if you want to tweet at us, you can tweet at us at WhoShotYourPod. You can send us an email at WhoShotYourMaximumFun.org. Our producer, Casey O'Brien, the one and only. Our senior producer, Lower Swisher. <laughs> oh, oh. This has been a production of MaximumFun.org. And that is what is up, yo. Oh. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.